Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day. Well, another night of uh, severe weather across the country, more precipitation, bad storms, terrible situation that Twister hitting in uh, Jefferson City, Missouri, and uh, more rain in the forecast, forcing uh, some tough decisions for many farmers across the country. We'll be talking about that and more on today's program. Matt Bennett with agmarket.net will be with us. We'll talk not only markets, but uh, the conditions in East Central Illinois. Uh, we're going to talk uh, conditions in Northeastern Nebraska with Greg Anderson, get an update on planting in that area. And also another meeting on infrastructure. This one did not go so well between uh, President Trump and Nancy Pelosi. We'll talk with Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition, about that a little bit later on and where we go from here on infrastructure. Let's start things off, though, with a check on the news with Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Jerry, thanks for joining us. It looks like maybe today's the day we get the announcement on the uh, uh, latest round of market facilitation payments. Yes, that's right. The Agriculture Department has sent out a message to reporters saying that there will be a press conference by telephone at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And they have a whole list of USDA officials that are going to participate in the call. Now, the question we've all got is what these payments are going to look like and whether they're going to affect what farmers plant. Uh, for decades, the Agriculture Department has said that farmers should not plant for the program. They should plant for the market. But we'll have to see what happens uh, happens here. If there are big soybean payments, there will probably be big soybean planting. Yeah, so we wait for the details and see what formula they use as I said uh, on the last round of these things, uh, one thing you can count on, uh, somebody won't be happy with them, right? I mean, there's going to be plenty of criticism to go around. Indeed, indeed. Uh, this time I'm not sure anybody's going to be happy because what they really want is a deal with China. But now China is signaling that it's frustrated with the Trump administration and and uh, not really planning to start the negotiations anytime soon. And meanwhile, when it kind of we were starting to ramp things up uh, with the administration and with the uh, Congress on USMCA, things have kind of hit the rocky patch already there. Well, yes, of course, the big patch is that uh, yesterday President Trump, uh, the uh, Democrats in the Congress, he doesn't want to work with them because he's mad that um, House Speaker Pelosi said he's engaging in a cover-up. So this has uh, probably endangered the quick action on the USMCA, but even more immediately on the disaster aid package. You know, uh, I expect both houses of Congress to leave Washington tonight and not come back until after Memorial Day. They were supposed to work on this uh, disaster aid, the House and the Senate. Uh, but today the Senate is coming in at 930. I guess they're already in uh, with no vote scheduled. So... Uh, I doubt that they can do anything on disaster aid in the next 24 hours. A lot of things getting kind of tied together here. It, it impacts uh, USMCA. It impacts uh, disaster aid. It impacts uh, infrastructure. Um, a lot of these things were kind of mixed together, kind of uh, I'll go along with one if you go along with the other, and it's all kind of falling apart right now, it seems. That's right. It's, and and this is absolutely the opposite of what, what Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell wanted. He didn't want him to send his members home without a package on disaster aid. So it could be kind of a rocky week for uh, members of the, uh, of the Senate and the House when they go back to uh, deal with their constituents over the Memorial Day recess. But politics as usual, everybody goes home and kind of blames somebody else for why nothing's getting done. Yes, but, that's, but, but what's important here is what kind of reaction they get from their constituents. Uh, this is a time when people who uh, want Congress to do something speak up and, and tell their members of Congress uh, to get their act together. Uh, but that's, of course, 
difficult because Republicans will say one thing and Democrats another. Uh, however, this is a moment when when people can put pressure on Congress to act. We're talking with Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. So, Jerry, you're not expecting really anything major to get done until uh, after the Memorial Day uh, recess? Well, I think not. We've only got today because they're both scheduled to leave tonight. They could always end up staying an extra day, but we'll see. Yeah, it doesn't seem likely at this point. You know, USMCA, there's so much writing on it. How much of this do you think is just posturing, um, or how much of it do you think we're looking at uh, legitimate deal breakers uh, to keep this thing from happening? I think they'll eventually do a deal on USMCA because even the Democrats like it better than the old NAFTA. Um, uh, but, you know, a lot of people have concerns about enforcement of the deal. Uh, so we'll just have to see. This is sort of, it's, it's kind of ugly negotiations, things that uh, really you'd rather not see in public. Yeah, we had the uh, good news of the lifting of the metal tariffs on Canada and Mexico, and uh, that, I mean, that was big news, but it already seems to be pushed to the back burner. We have so many other pressing issues and concerns. Well, the one thing that I'll be looking for is whether Canada approves the agreement before its parliament goes out for elections in, uh, in late June. Uh, and what I don't understand about that is whether they could approve it, and then if there are any minor changes to it, whether those could still be incorporated, uh, whether there has to be an absolutely complete deal before China, before Canada could ask uh, could act, but it's important for Canada because of this, the fact that they won't be back in session until October, and they have this election, and the Canadians don't want this to be an issue in their elections because it could be a lot of ugly campaigning. And the administration, they won't really submit it, the paperwork, and really get it started unless they feel what confident that they can get the votes that's right yeah that's what they say and of course the democrats blame them for not having submitted it but hmm. <laughs> it just goes back and forth yeah it it does and it's several democrats saying that uh, they're not going to be hurried into uh, the deal so they look like they're willing to drag it out where the administration would like to speed it up uh it, it, it's like you say, it's it's kind of the same old thing, and the two two sides just knocking heads. Right, right. Yeah, it it is frustrating. All right. Well, Jerry, thanks a lot. Have a good holiday break. We'll talk with you next week and uh, get updated on the news from you. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Jerry okay. Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. All right. Coming up next, another round of uh, of storms and rain over the overnight and leaving a lot of farmers with some tough tough decisions ahead do you just keep waiting and waiting to plant even as we go head into june here before long or do you make those decisions on prevent plant lots of things to consider we're going to talk with matt bennett with agmarket.net get his thoughts on what's going on market reaction and also conditions in his area in east central illinois that's coming up next here on aoa adams on agriculture Talk, 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 There's a lot of talk coming from the makers of wheat fungicides these days. And some of them are really talking up some pretty big claims. But when you eliminate the fungicides that are Johnny-come-latelys, the ones without a proven track record, and the ones from makers who consider wheat to be just an afterthought, there's really only one left to talk about, the one you know and can trust. Caramba fungicide from BASF. It gives you best-in-class head scab suppression, top-level dawn reduction, and excellent control of late-season foliar diseases. And all of that gives you a proven yield advantage over untreated infected wheat acres. Caramba fungicide from BASF. For time-proven performance you can trust, everything else is just... Talk, 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 To learn talk, how Caramba talk. fungicide can help your wheat's yield potential, talk to your BASF representative. Grow smart with BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. 
recently on Adams on Agriculture, talking with Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association. We've heard some people now speculating that the window is closing on getting USMCA passed this year. Do you think we're, we're in that tough a shape? I still think that we have some opportunities to, to push it through this year. I know that there's some rhetoric out there and the window's closing and there are some that are getting frustrated about one side or the other doing this or that. But I think if everybody steps back and they realize the importance of Canada and Mexico, they're going to say, hey, this is a good deal. It improves that relationship. It cleans up some issues we've had before. There are a couple of placeholders, specifically on biotech, that just weren't in the original agreement that are really beneficial. So I think that this is a positive agreement. Agriculture certainly wants it. And we're pushing on members of Congress to say, hey, let's Let's move forward with this agreement. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. People respond differently to change. Some are frightened by it. Some try to ignore it. And some are inspired by it. Those who spend their days tending to the land have a unique perspective on change. They see it up close every day. As one season fades into another, as a seed grows into a stalk, as a field of gold is spun out of the land, sun, and sky change is their livelihood. Since the beginning, Poet has shared a fundamental connection with farmers. And like farmers, we see the world differently. We are inspired by change. Climate change may be the most daunting challenge yet, but we believe it's not insurmountable. The same spirit of innovation that helped build a worldwide biofuels industry will help us tackle the environmental issues we're facing today together. Sustainable biofuels, oil alternatives, nutrient-rich proteins, these solutions create cleaner air and a more sustainable world. Get inspired with us. Visit Poet.com. A powerful threat calls for a greater response. When there's a battle, bring strength. When there's a problem, seek answers. When there is doubt, Not tomorrow. Not in a few years. But right now. Some battles must be faced together. Cancer fighters stand up to cancer every day. And you can be part of this battle too. Visit StandUpToCancer.org to learn more. Together, we can save lives. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Lots to talk about with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. Matt's in East Central Illinois. Matt, thanks for joining us. Uh, how much rain did you get overnight? You know, overnight I only had uh, half an inch. Two nights ago uh, I had uh, two and a half. So over the last 48 hours I've had, uh, you know, a good three inches. Wow. Well, we know Illinois. Three inches. Yeah, Illinois way behind, only 24% planted as of uh, earlier this week. Uh, how much is done in your area? Um, you know, I would say some guys are over half done, but overall uh, less than 25% of corn. I don't even know if we've got 10% of the beans planted. So, you know, we're way behind. Uh, uh, you'll find a pocket here and there. Uh, or, uh, you know, bottom line this year, man, the uh, Pattern tiled fields are certainly shining because um, uh, we were just a day or two away on a lot of these farms. But the pattern tiled fields, uh, we planted all of our uh, tiled stuff. And then whenever we started running out of tiled stuff, you know, you drive a half mile down the road and you're looking at a field with a pond in it. So, I mean, there was just a big, big difference this year. Um, you know, I wouldn't say anybody felt really good about everything that they did by any stretch, but uh, the tiled stuff certainly uh, a little bit better. A lot of farmers now looking into prevent plant decisions. We know there are informational meetings going on in various states, uh, explaining options and uh, getting out as much information as, as possible. 
What are farmers in your area saying? Is Prevent Plant a, a real option for them? You know, that's a good question. Um, we talk to a lot of different folks, and, you know, it, it depends. I mean, definitely it, it depends on if you've got your nitrogen on, if you put your chemical on, um, you know, how much money you've got invested in the crop so far. Those things are certainly uh, important to know. Uh, you know, at the same time, uh, uh, a lot of folks are sitting here wondering, uh, uh, you know, with those prices going up the way that they are, you know, should I do prevent plant or should I just try to get the crop in the ground? And then, you know, um, I, I don't want to call it farming for insurance, but, you know, will I get a better uh, payout on down the road, um, you know, if I collect insurance with, you know, for instance, a much higher uh, fall insurance price? And so uh, I would say that where you've got an extremely high APH uh, with not much money invested in, in, the, in the crop so far, yeah, there's probably a chance that you'll see a guy maybe uh, – um, uh, go ahead and take that uh, prevent plan option. Um, and so I don't know. It, it, it all depends on where you're at. Now, uh, you know, a lot of it uh, is, is dependent upon how this market reacts between now and June 5th. I mean, um, you know, plain and simple, if you're looking at December corn uh, at today's price at uh, 416 versus maybe 436, uh, you know, or something like that on June 5th, that's going to make a big impact because. You and I both know you could plant up to the tenth. You know you're going to lose a percent per day, um, but you could plant up to the tenth. And if you've got a significantly higher price of corn, it sure helps you make that decision to go ahead yeah. and, and plant. So it, it all depends on market moves between now and then. But I think that as long as the corn market stays strong and supported and continues this trend, I think that the prevent plant will be minimized somewhat. Mm, that's interesting. So a lot of it. Also, you know, we look at this forecast, and it looks like through the end of May, anyway, it's for much of the Midwest, it's going to stay wet, and then we'll see what happens in June. So we're looking at uh, the possibility of planting a lot more corn than usual in the month of June. Absolutely, you know, and so I mean that presents its own problems. You know, uh, my dad was uh, talking about uh, 1974 in here yesterday, and uh, you know he planted most uh, all. The, he didn't start till June the second. And so he planted most of his corn, uh, you know, later, all of his corn later than what he normally did. And then uh, 74 uh, is a a year to remember. That's the same year I was born. And so he he told me that uh, he didn't know what kind of kid I was going to be because he ended up getting an early frost. And none of the corn was he able to harvest lower than 35%. And so that just kind of tells you that, you know, obviously the main thing that a lot of folks are looking at, especially when you get into the Dakotas or anywhere farther north, you know, it's a frost date. I mean, you, you don't want to get in a situation where you can't get the crop matured. And so uh, most people in our part of the world that are begging to try to get shorter season hybrids, they're just not out there. I mean, it, it's really hard to come across anything shorter season. Uh, and so it, it, there's a lot to consider. Uh, but at the same time, if the price of corn, once again, is, is strong enough, it, it's going to heavily influence some of those decisions. I think when you get into more of your marginal ground, uh, inclement situations, maybe fringe areas. I think that you're going to see a lot more prevent plant. Talked to several growers in the Dakotas the last two days. It's looking more and more like a real possibility. There's a ton of production on the east side of South Dakota, uh, you know, in, in that southeast portion of the state uh, up through the eastern edge of uh, South Dakota. Nothing has been done in that part of the world, uh, uh, according to the growers I've talked to. So uh, their prevent plant date, and uh, depending on how far north they are, is this Saturday. And then for the rest of the folks a little bit farther south uh, in the southern part of the state, it's, it's uh, a week from now. But yeah, I mean, we're coming up on those dates pretty quickly. Yeah, we have we have farmers here May 23rd dealing with not only rain and, and standing water, but in some areas still dealing with snow. That's the amazing thing. Uh, we're talking with uh, Matt Bennett with AgMarket.net. Matt, you brought up a point. I was, I was thinking about this just last night, as a matter of fact, uh, going to shorter season varieties, uh, and you, you talk about already a, a big demand on those. Oh, there's a huge demand for shorter season varieties. And so, you know, the thing is, is that uh, uh, our agronomists had told us uh, there last week we were able to plant a lot of corn Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, we only got about a third of our corn in the ground, but at least we are able to run. Plant a lot of 115, 116-day corn. We planted all that first because we didn't know when we'd get back in the field. And so uh, whenever we go back to the field, uh, the longest we've got is 112. That's probably going to be pushing the envelope. It's June the 5th, but uh, at the same time, uh, 
you know, we still want to plant the same genetics. You know, as you know, Mike, a lot of these guys know what genetics they want to plant that have worked for in the last three or four years. Once they start changing up uh, the genetics that they're going to be accessing, uh, it makes them a little uneasy, and it makes me uneasy. So I'm going to try to stick with what we're originally doing unless we get into the middle of June, and then we've got a whole host of other problems in. Yeah, so much uncertainty here uh, this late into spring. So, Matt, what do you expect the markets to do? We're, we're seeing them finally starting to react to these conditions and the and the delayed planting. What do you see moving forward, especially through the end of the month, with the uh, rain still in the forecast? Yeah, I think that uh, they'll certainly see some support. Um, you know, I think the funds have, have uh, certainly bought corn here in the last week. I don't think there's any question there. I don't know that they did it in the mass quantity. Everybody thought they were going to do it all at once. Plus, you got to consider there's a fair amount of hedge pressure uh, meeting the market head on with this large old crop supply. But, you know, what are you going to do from here on? I think we're entering into a, a, a territory that most of us haven't been in, which is, you know, we may plant a significant uh, portion of the U.S. corn crop after June 1st. If that ends up being the case and this weather pattern holds, as most people are suggesting, uh, I don't see how you can uh, hurt the market too much. Now, a healthy market can't go straight up, but we've we've sure tried to do that. And so a uh, correction here and there isn't such a bad thing. But overall, I've got to think December corn has got a significant amount of support under it. Uh, considering all the trials that we're facing. I don't know that I want to throw a high out there or anything like that, but certainly getting back above, uh, uh, you know, 430 that we saw there a couple years ago, uh, I think that that's probably a level that we could probably approach pretty quickly, uh, and I think that we'll go up, up, up and through that uh, if this weather doesn't change. You know, a lot of speculation about switching corn acres to beans. Of course, weather like this, you can't plant anything, so maybe the prevent plant comes more and makes more of an impact on that than we thought originally yeah you know uh, seeing um, the bulletins this morning that are suggesting that uh, you're you are going to get supposedly paid on this mfp based upon your acreage but your acreage can't exceed your 2018 acreage and then it's going to be based upon production in your county if that's the case and you've got a late planted farm i don't know why a guy wouldn't want to go ahead and plant soybeans instead of corn uh, because, you know, agronomically speaking, you've got a lot of challenges if you're going to be planting corn on May, on June the 15th. And so uh, I think that, um, you know, that could influence that decision where instead of prevent plant, they say, heck, I'm going to go ahead and plant beans. I know I'm going to get whatever, $2 a bushel on a certain amount, uh, you know, of, of bushels. Uh, I, we don't know what that's going to be, but if it's a county average, it's still going to be a lot of money. And so... Uh, there's going to be an incentive to go ahead and plant more bean acres if they're truly going to use 2019, which I wish that they wouldn't have done that or don't do. I hope they don't do that, but that's most of the indications we're getting right now, and I hate to see that by all means. So much to factor in and some very big planting decisions for farmers. Matt, thanks for being with us, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. Matt's in the east uh, central uh, Illinois area, another one of the areas way behind, hard hit by the uh, the wet weather. All right, so we had another meeting on infrastructure, but a lot of other things were wrapped around in it, and it didn't go so well. We're going to talk about it with Mike Steenhook with the uh, Soy Transportation Coalition. That's next on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. Whether you're on the road or in the field, you need more than typical number two diesel. You need a heavy duty diesel like Cenex Premium Diesel. It comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. It's the diesel that keeps your equipment out of the shop and restores power by as much as four and a half percent and fuel economy by up to five percent. So ask yourself, if you could be any diesel, which diesel would you be? Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Everyone responds differently to change. Some are frightened by it, some try to ignore it, and some are inspired by it. Poet has always shared a true connection with farmers, and like farmers, we see the world differently. We're inspired by change. So when it comes to the challenge of climate change, we see opportunity to leave the planet we've been given just a little better. Biofuels, oil alternatives, nutrient-rich proteins, these solutions create cleaner air and a more sustainable world. 
Get inspired with us. Visit Poet.com. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Despite the worsening of trade tensions between the U.S. and China in the past week, USDA did confirm this morning that China bought 31,400 metric tons of pork from the U.S. in the week ending May 16th. USDA released its monthly cold storage report yesterday afternoon. That contained little in the way of surprises for traders, according to the Wire Talk. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue expected to confirm the details of a 2019 farm aid package in a press conference today. He confirmed in an interview earlier this morning with Fox Business Network that the program will be a $16 billion package. Grain export sales reported by USDA this morning fit within the ranges forecast by traders, but sales of new crop soybeans called dismal paltry 5,100 tons. We saw positive signs in soybeans in the overnight trade. In the day trade, an hour in on Thursday, July soybeans down four and a quarter at 824 and a quarter. November down four and a half at 850 and three quarters. July corn, three and a half cents higher at 398. December at 416, up three and a quarter. Chicago wheat July up seven and a half at 480 and a quarter. Kansas City July up three at 435 and a quarter. Minneapolis spring wheat, July up a penny and a half at 545 and a quarter. September new crop at 553 and three quarters, up a penny and three quarters of a cent. Cotton futures, December up 83 at 6701. Live cattle futures, June up 27 at 110.92. August up 22 at 108.15. Feeder cattle, August up 20 cents at 142.80. Lean hogs, June down 37, 89.27. The Dow down 369 points. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, the first White House meeting on infrastructure went well. President Trump and Nancy Pelosi seemingly got along well, and there were a lot of smiles afterwards and uh, optimism about what was going to happen. Well, this week's meeting did not go so well. Um, There was talk about, well, the president would go along with uh, the Democrats on, uh, you know, on infrastructure if they would go along with him and help pass USMCA well then all of a sudden talk turned into cover-ups and uh, things kind of fell apart and there weren't the same uh, smiles smiling faces coming out of this meeting as the last one so where does that leave us not only with uh, uh, USMCA but infrastructure let's talk about it now with Mike Steenhook executive director of the soy transportation coalition Mike I guess that first meeting was just too good to be true yeah, it, 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 the worry was that it was just going to be a real fleeting moment of bipartisanship and comedy, and and but it, uh, clearly uh, what we're what we're seeing is a kind of a resumption of this kind of political food fight that's really dominated Washington D.C. and and you know the, quite frankly this is an indictment on Republicans and Democrats. We deserve better than this. Um, you know we we don't really most people really don't care who's the winner and who's the loser. What people care about is 
are our roads getting better? Do we have locks and dams that are functioning? Do we have an effective trade policy? Can we actually make a living and be profitable? And can tomorrow be better than today? Those are the things that we really care about. And so it's just really frustrating when it doesn't seem our nation's leaders are up to that task. It seems like another case where the extreme left and the extreme right are so entrenched in their positions that those caught in the middle, where we, as you say, we want to get things done, uh, nothing gets done because the two uh, the extreme sides are, are locked in, lines drawn, lobbing uh, shots back and forth at each other, and seem more content about taking down the other side than actually getting something done. Yeah, you know, and, and what's kind of frustrating is in both Republicans and Democrats fall victims to this, that they think, well, if we just hold out until the next election, maybe it'll be a more favorable climate for us to get things done. So therefore, let's not get anything done today, and let's, let's not give the other side a, a, a win or the opportunity to share credit for something consequential being achieved. And I don't think there's this magical moment in the future, some this kumbaya era, where there, you, we're all going to be singing off perfectly the same song sheet. We live in a very diverse country, philosophically and in so many different ways. So what that tells me is, in Washington, D.C., our nation's leaders are going to have to negotiate with people who have very strong opinions that may differ from their own. And so that shouldn't prevent us from actually getting things done. So I think, you know, a question for farmers, a question for taxpayers to ask our elected officials is, look, I get it that there are people on the other side that you may find disagreeable, that you may find repugnant, even. But the question is, are things like infrastructure and a host of other issues, is that enough of a priority to you so that you're willing to actually work with people that you find disagreeable or even repugnant? If the answer to that question is yes, then we're on we're, we're on the, the right path. We're actually on the path to getting some, something done. But if the answer to that question is no, we're going to have more of that stalemate. So I think these are, these are really important questions to ask. Um, Yes, we're going to hear from our policymakers. Yeah, but the other side is, you know, they're dishonest. Yeah, the other side is disagreeable. But the response to that is, hey, I get it, but are you are these issues so important to you that you're willing to work with those people? And again, the answer some progress. So far, it seems like the answer is no, um, and so much is controlled by the leadership of parties you sometimes you wonder about the rank and file within a party but so far the leadership has said no we're not willing to put aside our differences to work on something that we might both agree needs to be done because we can't get past our differences on some other issues that's what's frustrating and and usually you know when something consequential gets done you know the political benefit usually is spread out among both Republicans and Democrats. And so for our leaders, they, they have to be willing to accept, hey, if we get something done, I might very well achieve some political benefit from that. But you know what? The other side of the aisle is going to achieve some of that, too. And that often is a sticking point. And so, again, a good question to ask is, are you, is this issue so important to you, infrastructure or a host of other issues, that you're willing to accept an outcome that will provide political benefit not only to you, but to the other side of the aisle. If the answer to that question is yes, we're on the right track. But if the answer to that is no, we're going we're gonna to keep getting what we're getting. I think that's an important point because we have seen often uh, when something major gets done, uh, you know, a piece of legislation moves or a bill is passed or something, usually there's something there so both sides can take credit and, and, and get some positive out of it. But now the, the political climate seems to be such that uh, neither side wants the other side to be able to claim any credit or or get any positive benefit. So to, in their efforts to block that from happening, they block anything from getting done. Yeah. You know, when I, when I go to a restaurant, I, I frankly don't really care who is mostly responsible for a good dining experience, whether it's the cook, whether it's the wait staff, whether it's the host staff, who, the, whether it's the whether it's the, you know, the busboy or whoever, I, I really don't care. All I really care about is having a good dining experience and who, instead of assigning blame or, or credit to the various staff at that restaurant. But what we're getting is right now when you go to a – it's like we're going to a restaurant and we're getting a bad dining experience, and, but the, the wait staff says, well, that's the cook's fault, and the cook says, well, that's the wait staff's fault. Most people say, I don't care. 
I just want a good dining experience. Figure it out. And if you don't, maybe we should get some different people um, working at this restaurant. Good point. We're talking with Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. So now we've gone from, hey, let's uh, let's spend uh, $2 trillion or whatever. We don't know where, we have, where we're going to get it, but we're willing to spend it. We agree we need to spend it. Now we're back to where? To, are we back to square one on infrastructure? It, it really seems like we, we took a step back this week. Now, what I try to convey to people is, The good news is that we still live in a country where we elect our elected officials, and we can still ask pointed questions. Uh, Obviously, that's not an excuse to be rude, but but I think it's entirely justified to be direct and be very honest with our elected officials and not, frankly, let them off the hook, to be able to just say, well, let's blame the other side. No, you're part of the leadership. We're asking you to lead. So, that's the good news, is that we can, we can continue to petition our government for a redress of grievances, as Amendment 1 of the Constitution explains. So that's the good news, and, and I think farmers can be a very consequential part of that. Doesn't it seem like, as we've been down this road, pardon the pun, on infrastructure uh, many times before, that even though it's a critical issue, there always seems to be other issues that crowd it out and push infrastructure back, and it seems like that's happening again. It, it, it's, it, it's very – that often does indeed happen. I mean, I think what infrastructure really sets itself apart right now that has, like, really arguably the only opportunity for some kind of bipartisan, you know, working relationship or bipartisan product. So whenever you do see the, Demo- the congressional Democrats and the president or, or, and congressional Republicans get together, it's often about infrastructure. So that should give us some reason for optimism. On this, in this instance, it's not so much, say, other important issues that are crowding it out. It's political acrimony that's crowding it out. Yeah, I'm not picking sides here because I'm critical of both sides. But if you go into a meeting to talk about infrastructure and trade and you start bringing up cover-ups, I mean, you pretty well know that's going to that's not going to get the discussion on the topics you came to talk about very far down the line. You kind of had to know that coming in. So this became somewhat of a predictable outcome. It, it kind of is, and that certainly didn't it, – it did poison the well. You know, what's, what's clearly happened for a considerable period of time is there have been consistent comments like that on both sides routinely, and so it's really eroded any kind of sense of trust. And one of the things you, you see with, you know, operational management, leadership, team building, all of those things, one of the most important concepts is if trust is evident, if, if some degree of trust exists, even if you don't agree with the other person, but if you have some degree of trust, you can actually get some things done in the midst of disagreement, uh, in the midst of passion. But that's one of the things that we don't have, is this trust has eroded between the parties, between the administration and Congress, and so it, it doesn't bode well. And again, I, it I think it's just really up to the taxpayer. It's up to farmers to really insist upon, you are our leaders. We expect you to lead. And hard to see right now, what will the next step be on infrastructure? You know, the message that we heard yesterday is that uh, it won't be considered until the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement is completed. Uh, or until these investigations stop. So, again, that's not – we certainly hope USMCA gets passed. That, that would be a big one for agriculture. But, you know, some of these other things, I, as if they'll clear the deck and then they can have a productive discussion on infrastructure, that's hard to see. Um, but, again, I, I think we need to continue to, to, to pound the rock and beat the drum on this. Um, it wasn't long ago that – U.S. Department of Agriculture was saying there was not going to be any additional round of aid uh, due to the trade disruption with China. And now all of a sudden they're singing a different song right now, and I think that's a good thing. I think a big reason for that is because farmers got engaged. Mike, as always, thanks a lot. Appreciate your perspective. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. We're going to check planting conditions in northeast Nebraska next on AOA. 
talk 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 There's a lot of talk coming from the makers of wheat fungicides these days. And some of them are really talking up some pretty big claims. But when you eliminate the fungicides that are Johnny-come-latelys, the ones without a proven track record, and the ones from makers who consider wheat to be just an afterthought, there's really only one left to talk about. The one you know and can trust. Caramba fungicide from BASF. It gives you best-in-class head scab suppression, top-level dawn reduction, and excellent control of late-season foliar diseases. And all of that gives you a proven yield advantage over untreated infected wheat acres. Caramba fungicide from BASF. For time-proven performance you can trust, everything else is just... Talk, 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 To learn talk, how Caramba talk. fungicide can help your wheat's yield potential, talk to your BASF representative. Grow smart with BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private health care is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready, and health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is $35,000 or Hundred six six four two six one two. That's eight hundred six six four two six one two. Eight hundred six six four two six one two. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Everyone responds differently to change. Some are frightened by it, some try to ignore it, and some are inspired by it. Poet has always shared a true connection with farmers, and like farmers, we see the world differently. We're inspired by change. So we see opportunity to make the air cleaner, to make our country safer, to leave the planet we've been given just a little better. Biofuels and oil alternatives, solutions for a brighter, more sustainable world. Get inspired with us. Visit Poet.com. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we're talking with Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. Let's talk about USMCA. We've heard labor unions say they won't support it. We've heard Nancy Pelosi bring up uh, some issues. Is this uh, just the normal give and take of this kind of a, uh, you know, uh, before you get to a vote on a big deal like this? Or are these legitimate deal breakers that could keep it from passing? If they're talking about going back to the negotiating table with Canada and Mexico, those countries aren't stupid enough to do it. Uh, and if we, if they're proposing that, then they're proposing that we won't have any credibility dealing with any country, including China right now, if we're on the cusp of a good agreement with China. So uh, if they, but if they can do some things by side letters or annexes to the agreement, uh, then I'm willing to sit down and, and talk to them. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. 
Data is data is data. Unless you work with FS, then your data comes with expert insight. Tapping into a wide range of technologies through MyField, your FS crop specialist evaluates trial data from your farm, along with only the most qualified aggregated data that reveals trends in your area. With MyField, your FS crop specialist delivers the insights you need to build your ROI. Learn how results from FS nitrogen trials can be applied to your farm at fsmyfield.com. FS, bringing you what's next. If you suffer from heartburn or other digestive-related disorders, then there is a new, safe, better, and natural alternative to better digestive wellness and heartburn relief. Praxid not only provides relief of heartburn, but Praxid takes a 360-degree approach to support better digestion, protect you from harmful bacteria, and also balance your stomach to improve digestive functions. We like to think of it as the multivitamin of digestive health. It's the only product to combine all natural ingredients known for the digestive health properties into a single patented product. Praxid also comes in easy-to-carry packs. Praxid relieves, restores, and maintains a healthy digestive system. Praxid is available here for only $39.95. Shipping and handling is free, and your money back is guaranteed. To take advantage of this special radio offer, call now, 1-800-829-5705. That's 1-800-829-5705. Again, 1-800-829-5705. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, let's get a planting update from northeast Nebraska. Soybean farmer Greg Anderson joins us. Greg, I know you've been uh, getting some planting done. Are you close to being done? Well, good morning, Mike. And yes, I am very close to getting done. Uh, had some really good days last week that were able to get into the field, get uh, those soybeans in the ground. And it was interesting because uh, last week, just as this week, uh, there was rain in the forecast almost every day. But we missed a couple of those uh, storms. Uh, they kind of went around us. Um, I remember uh, going to sleep one night, seeing a big line of uh, rain to the west about uh, 80 miles away. And I thought, well, that can't miss. And then woke up early the next morning, and it did miss, which enabled me to get and others to get back into the field and, and complete another day. So I uh, really feel good about that. I'm well over uh, 90% done. Just need a couple days here now to finish up. But that is not the case throughout much of Nebraska and, as you know, much of the Midwest. Yeah, if if you're in a pocket where one or two rains miss you, it's amazing how much of a difference that makes in a year like this. And uh, so when you talk to other farmers there around Nebraska, what are they telling you as far as their planting is concerned, and are they looking at uh, prevent plant options for their farms? Well, certainly those March storms uh, caused a lot of havoc and really roughed up a lot of fields. Uh, those are going to not be planted. There's still water standing in some of those fields, and that will be prevent plant. By and large, though, uh, you know, uh, things do dry off uh, rather well in spite of a lot of things. And uh, while soybean uh, uh, planting is far behind, uh, we have a June 10th uh, prevent plant date. And uh, there has been some indications of those uh, early days in June, that first week of June, may be a little bit drier. Uh, and so I think it might be, uh, you know, up, right up until those uh, days uh, where a lot of folks are determining what to do. So um, they're, they're behind. Nebraska's way behind, even as the national average on Monday came out 19% done. I, I look at that uh, next report next week, uh, not much more than that uh, nationally. And so I think we could be uh, setting up for some very interesting uh, final acres here when, we all, when it's all said and done. Yeah, just huge decisions, critical decisions to be made here uh, in the next uh, few days. Um, what about temperatures? Have you finally warmed up in Nebraska? Not very fast, Mike. In fact, uh, here the last couple of days, we had highs in the high 40s and low 50s. Uh, there was uh, snow out in the Nebraska panhandle of several inches. And we had overnight lows of high 30s to low 40s. 
the corn that's out of the ground is very, very slow and growing. Um, I have some beans that are up and going, but they're not doing much. Uh, we just need some warmer temperatures, and we're not getting them yet. Uh, although later this week uh, it's uh, supposed to be back up in the 70s, but sunshine is, uh, has been uh, very scarce, and so uh, it's, it's uh, been a very chilly start to this planting season as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how good do you feel about what is planted? Is there going to be much replanting done? Uh, there could be some replant done, especially as uh, folks are examining their, their stands and so forth. Uh, I have uh, pretty good stands. I'm, I'm very pleased of, of the beans that are up. And, uh, you know, using treated seed uh, where, yes, years ago on soybeans, uh, we just didn't have that, I think has uh, paid big dividends, especially in a year like this. But... Uh, I think those uh, planting decisions will be looked at, and there could be some replant uh, throughout the state. Greg, as we await the details on another round of market facilitation payments, what are your thoughts on that? How, how do you feel about it? Well, Mike, it's it's uh, something, some type of aid is needed. I mean, we're putting uh, beans in here. Our input costs are just as high as ever. They're not coming down, and and our price for our beans has dropped uh, dramatically. And so uh, nothing that we're planting has any hope for profit unless we have some type of assistance. You know, I really would want this whole China thing to be solved and, and getting back those beans back into the export market. It does not look promising. It hasn't looked promising for the last several months. And if USDA comes out with something, they have said that they don't want to uh, – deter or take away uh, making part of that decision into the this year's planting and so i think the only way that they can really do that with some type of a thing that doesn't affect this year's planting is to go off of uh, last year's production uh, there's lots of different ways lots of different angles to look at this but uh, you know we've heard leaks uh, here of bloomberg here just a couple of days ago saying it's two dollars a bushel and and that still has not been announced, so I'm uh, I'm waiting. To, it looks like something could be announced this week. Yeah, uh, probably today. Uh, let's. Uh, I want to ask you. There, there's a feeling that uh, we needed to get tough with China and get some changes done, uh, but we're seeing this drag on and drag on. Do you see uh, among farmers you talk to there in Nebraska a lack of patience on this? It's getting to that point, Mike. I think, you know, initially everybody was pretty much on board saying that it's about time that we took China on, uh, stealing our intellectual property, uh, doing a number of things. I guess looking back, I really wish that uh, our administration would have uh, joined with other countries because we're not the only country that China has uh, been, uh, you know, playing unfairly with. And so... I think if we had a coalition of countries uh, launching this together, it probably would have been better. Uh, taking on them on solely is tough. Uh, the Chinese are the most astute traders in the world. They've been doing this for 2,000 years. We've been trading for 200. And I, I just think, you know, China might try to uh, wait out uh, this administration. They might think, well, maybe Trump might be not uh, be reelected and they'll have their way here in a couple of years. And it's not really passed the Chinese to wait another six years. I mean, they are uh, astute in what they do. Uh, it's tough to, to really negotiate with them. I thought we had a deal. It kind of fell apart right at the last over some things, and now it looks like we're back to square one. All right, Greg, thanks for the update. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Nebraska soybean farmer Greg Anderson. All right, so we wait to see what comes out of the White House and from USDA. We'll have a lot of reaction to it all tomorrow right here on AOA Adams on Agriculture.